Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday the 8th of July. I'm Jules Breach. And I am Pete Donaldson. And I am Jim Campbell. If you hear my voice break, <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me. I've woken You're up. You're becoming a boy. It's as if... <laughs> You're becoming a it's, man. It's as if I have been on an absolute bender last night, and mm. I haven't, I promise you. I've not been to a pub since they've opened. Why well, have you got three but, bottles of water with you, Jules? <laughs> yeah. For some reason, for some reason, I appear to have lost my voice to some capacity. So I'll do my best to get through this without my voice breaking like a teenage boy. Mm. How Going. are you both? Are you all right? Good. Feeling strong. 
I've also got a bit of a funny throat. So I've well, got a normal throat. Oh, so. you're usually the one who's very unwell, yeah, Jim. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm typhoid Mary most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Although she didn't show symptoms to you. But still, maybe... Yeah. Well, there we go then. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely ill and that, I've given oh, it to you. No. That's probably what's happened. Spore Let's blame Jim, yeah? Mm, exactly. Right. Um, lots of football to talk about, as always. There's four games tonight, but there were three matches last night that were all pretty good, actually. Jim, you yeah. were saying that you feel like the Premier League has now kind of kicked into gear and everyone's got into the swing of things and the games have been pretty good. Yeah, definitely. It's sort of what happened in Germany, really, isn't it? It was a bit flat and everyone looked a bit confused um, and rusty to start with. But now it's really kicked into gear. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Maybe that's the same thing. Um, And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's good to see it. It's like it's just it's been sort of relentlessly good. Like the weekend on on to on to, to to last night has been it's been pretty entertaining. Do we need fans? Do we need fans yes, at all? Yes, of course no. we do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do. I, I said that the new FIFA should have those cardboard cutouts and I just think that would be just yeah. much easier for everyone. Nice option. Much easier to, to deal with, even if some of them are Osama Bin Laden in this yeah. case. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the game at Selhurst Park last night. A five-goal thriller. Mm. Chelsea uh, beating Palace in the end by three goals to two. It was a very entertaining match. Chelsea needed that win. It, it leapfrogged them over Leicester. Leicester then had the chance to mm. uh, regain that third place, but they didn't quite do it. We'll get on to the Arsenal Leicester draw in a bit but Chelsea what about their first goal I think a lot of people are talking about whether they should have stopped because of Cahill's injury I don't no agree with way. that at all you've got to play on he could have yeah. been fooling around he could it could have been all kayfabe could have been nonsense exactly could have been like a stage faint. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think people might have been thinking that because he used to play for Chelsea and they're like, yeah. oh, you don't really care about your mate anymore. No, yeah. Not mates exactly. anymore. Or maybe it's in, in his contract, like as, as part of the agreement. It's like, all right, you know how like sometimes there's like a sell-on fee or a first first option. It's like, yeah, he will have to just like stack it. Yeah. He will have to pretend to, to fall over in one game <laughs> in the future. I don't know how that works. I'm almost certain that's illegal. But um, yeah, it was you knew straight away. It's like, oh no, this is a bad one. Mm. When someone goes, down sort of like uh, it not in a challenge in that yeah. way it's just Michael like Owen. yeah it exactly. would do it every single Arnie uh, he'd sort of just, go uh, uh. Oh, and nothing would twist stopped. or bend just that like his leg would go no yeah god yeah I feel for Gary Cahill mm. um, but yeah I, I mean when I, when I, I would saw, want when Arsenal I, to carry on in that situation. I'm sure you yeah, guys are saying about your own yeah. teams. Yeah, definitely. And and the thing is, is it's just one of those situations. They play on, they score the goal, they then make it 2-0, Chelsea. Mm. And then let's talk about Zaha's goal. What <laughs> a goal that was. It was like a child um, trying to catch the keeper, to, trying to catch uh, like a helium balloon that they've just let go. And they're, yeah. oh, oh, it's rising. It's, yeah. it's just never going to stop rising. It's wonderful. Should Kepa do better? I don't know. It, w- it was just an upward trajectory. Yeah, I think. I mean, we've a been sine wave. ragging on Kepper a lot, really, lately, haven't we, for not getting to things. But um, I think you. I, th- I think that's that would be a harsh one to say. You should do better on that. It's just because it's got that that kind of late swerve. Which yeah. is, how do you do that? If how it, do you do that? If it kept going, it would come back in a sort of donut circle mm. and go back in the net again. I would think, like a, like a fairground <laughs> loop. You know what I mean? It's yeah. sort of rising, and then it would presumably start. Yeah, figure of it, infinity, infinity ball. It was if an it, it was an incredible strike though, wasn't it, Pete? Um, it was an infinity ball. An infinity ball. His yeah. first goal, Zaha, since December when he scored against Brighton. Funny enough, um, so it's been a long time coming mm. for him, but good to see him back on the score sheet. It was. It was. Uh, it was matched only by uh, William taking one right. And it was a lot of, last night. There were a lot of matches in which someone took a ball to the face mm. at speed. Uh, William uh, took one, I think, early early in the match, and his nose was streaming absolutely oh. streaming and and he lifted his finger to he was kind of like on the floor uh, on all fours he lifted his finger to his nose 
and popped it in his mouth. I saw it, William. Oh, I saw it, William, because no. your little nose was streaming. Wow. And you didn't want to. Uh, so I think it was the first on-screen uh, nose pick of the season, I think. Oh, I thought you meant like he, he his nose was bleeding. Yeah. No, no, no. He... It, was just, it was just streaming. Right. Not with blood. Oh. With yeah. snot. Or possibly spinal so fluid. You, I don't know. It could, you, could have been are anything. You, are you telling us that he picked his nose and ate it live on telly? In a manner, yes. This I is... think he, I saw it, mate, because we've all done it. <laughs> have we? Yeah. Maybe when I was like five. Oh, I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got massive nostrils like a cave up there. It, it doesn't make it a buffet, does it? No, it doesn't. Like, I, um... It doesn't make it a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember, obviously, as we all remember, I'm sure Yogi loved doing that as well. Oh, like, yeah. A, a oh, far worse a version of that. He had everything, didn't he? He really did. He, he was like, he must it. be patient zero on something. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I don't like hearing that about William. I like William. Yeah. I, for a moment, I thought you meant he was bleeding and then he sort of drank it like, oh, a, sort of, that would be like a vampire like about getting like, high if you're on supply vampire vampiric onanism should we call it <laughs> I'll take it yeah are you judging Willian now I am yeah. I, and I don't want to be because I like Will I am and I always call him that and I know it, it, it was really nothing become that thing in my head I call him Will I am mm. um but, but, but yeah, no, I do like him, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that he's eating his own snot, frankly. It was not, his nose was streaming, it went on his finger, the finger went in the mouth. I saw it, nobody else did, but I did, and I would like to point that out, okay? Hang okay. on, so let's back up. What do you mean only you saw it? If you saw it, how do you <laughs> think, you why do you think only me? you saw it? Nobody mentioned it on Twitter. I, I wrote, William knows nothing, all right? <laughs> I was the only Interesting. one. Okay? Okay. You know the feeling when you get hit in the nose, and you're like, oh, oh dear. But instead of just wiping it on your trousers like a normal person. I don't get hit in the nose very much, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you do. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> and maybe, an maybe eating snot is the secret to his decent form recently. Yeah. Because he's probably been one of Chelsea's best players since so, the restart. It helps you with dead ball situations, apparently. <laughs> snot doping. Yeah. He has been great, hasn't he? I think he, he, did he get another couple of assists yeah, yesterday? Yeah, two assists mm. last night. Four goals since lockdown. So he's, he's been, been on wonderful. fire. I mean, he's been the same jazzy for for a little while uh, now, but he's he's certainly returned to uh, action with some some performances. But Chelsea, I think, as a whole, look really, really good in possession. But as soon as they lose it, they just look absolutely feckless. They, it, it just because as soon as the opponents get a goal or or have a good chance, it just seems to be a bit sloggy. Yeah, you hit me, I'll hit you. You hit me, I hit you. Which is exactly what happened um, yesterday. I mean, you talk about Pulisic getting better and better, like at a, a fantastic time for uh, um, a 3-0 deficit uh, overturning in the Champions League against uh, yeah. against Bayern. But um, I think... I think Chelsea and, and Frank need to ch- take a good look at how they sort of approach games. He has become a bit of a uh, a, a, a manager who um, does really well out of substitutions. Um, I'm trying to... Um, what was that film? The Adjustment... Uh, bureau? The Adjustment Bureau. I'm trying to get the Frank Lampard Adjustment Bureau uh, <laughs> sort of to stick as a, as a nickname, but it's it's not as, as, as such. But um, yeah, he, he seems to do really well out of substitutions. But just start the match like that. Start with a game plan. Start like uh, like you, you know which opposition you're facing. Uh, but at the moment, I, I, I don't know. There are a lot of poor teams at the bottom of the, of the table, so I think they'll be all, all right when it comes to um, screaming towards Champions League qualification. But mm. uh, yeah, I, don't I know, think. Man. It's, I th- obviously, it's a weird situation to judge anyone's first season on because of what's happened. But I think a lot of people would be 
very happy with Lampard's first season. Mm. Oh, it is an achievement. Yeah, I think I think even if they hadn't finished in the top four, I think he'd have been given another season, but they look, they look nailed on for that. It's interesting. They've got a lot of exciting players coming through, haven't they? But they are mostly attacking players. And you yeah. wonder, especially because they've strengthened with Timo Werner and, and Ziyech coming in as well. Yeah. Uh, you wonder if they, if they will dip into the market for defenders as well. I mean, they have to. I mean, Kurt Zuma at the end piling in with a fantastic tackle. I thought that was a penalty all in. The first time I saw it, I was like, why yeah. has he done that? That's insane behaviour. But uh, yeah, fantastic tackle at, at the end. I, I enjoyed the fact that talking about, um, I mean, you look at the conditions yesterday in a lot of the matches, um, the water breaks mean nothing at the yeah. moment because it is quite chilly. Uh, it's raining, it's chucking it down. Um, do you see, I, I really enjoyed like Gary Neville at the start of the week. He was so angry with the water breaks. Yeah. He was so angry with the, with the water what breaks. What was he saying? Matches. He was sort of going, they're, they're, just, you know, they're just using it as a tactical kind of um, adjustment. Which you is know, fair. Which is, which is fair, they are. I mean, the keeper doesn't need to be there, does he? No. The keeper doesn't need to. He's got his own water bottle. <laughs> I he can I'm... drink whenever he wants. Unless you're Pep Guardiola and exactly. you, you're doing a, you're doing an Edison talk and, yeah. and he's not even there and he's absolutely raging about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget which game it was in because I feel like I've watched 40 games they in the last two one, days. They all don't they? Um, but there, there was a, there, some, some, one of the commentators was saying to the, to the co-commentator, it might have been Gary Neville, um, at one point, do you think the water breaks will stay in the regulation season? And, and whoever it was was like... No, no. Like, it's, of no, course not. No it's just because it's summer. We're going to have like a soup break like, every twenty <laughs> minutes in the winter. Like, of course not. I think I think we drink too much water anyway. You know, what I'm, you know my opinions on water. You guys uh, are, are, are casual water consumers. Mm, more bubble tea for you, isn't it? I just never drink water. Are you a dehydrated man? No, I don't know. Maybe I am, but what? I just think I just remember before the nineties, nobody drank water. It just wasn't a thing. What colour? Before the nineties, nobody drank water. What? We were what? chewing silica gel packets before then. What colour's the toilet? I eat a lot of asparagus. It is obscene the things that come out oh, of me. Oh, God. Let's move on. Uh, Benteke scored. Yes. His first goal at Selhurst Park come since on. April 2018. Even Roy Hodgson thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's not nice, is he, it? He, he, was like, he was laughing, wasn't he? Yeah, but Benteke adds so much that isn't goals when he scores a goal. It's really, really nice. I like it. Yeah, I was pleased for him yeah. actually to um, get another goal at home. Um, now, Jorginho, he's an interesting story when it comes to Chelsea. He came on for 10 minutes, but he's yet to start a game since football returned. Mm. Um, his hair, he's hes not gone to the barbers yet, has he? He's not, he's it's growing not. out of control, as is his beard. Um, <laughs> but he can pull it off, actually. What do you think his future holds and will it be at Chelsea? I have a feeling that um, he's just sort of inexplicably linked to Maurizio Sarri. And that they'll be reunited in some way at some point. There's, there's been talk of it, so you know, obviously it doesn't just come from nowhere. But yeah, I, I think this word that Frank's already made his decision on it. Like, yeah, get out. <laughs> he's a very he's such a specific type of player, isn't he, Jorginho? He's you know he he does the role that he that he, he performs incredibly well. So actually, I would think he'd be a really useful player to have in a squad, especially now because I know we're going to come onto this, but there's talk that for next season, five subs might still be allowed. So I think with that in mind, I, would absol- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think about selling Jorginho or getting rid of Jorginho in a situation like that where you know, tactical flexibility is probably, in at least the short term, about to become a bit more of an important thing uh, within a game. Um, but yeah, it does seem that he, I don't know, maybe he feels like he, he just makes things a bit too intricate and slow. Perhaps I feel like, Lampard likes to move the ball very, very quickly and likes right. his team to be sort of quite open in an attacking sense. And maybe something about the way George, the tidiness of Jorginho doesn't suit that for him. But but he's a, he was an expensive footballer. If, you, if you're playing 
like a nineteen-year-old Billy Gilmore over the top of him. Like mm. it's just, and, and 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 Conte obviously was uh, was out of the picture as well for Salas Park. So it was it was an interesting uh, uh, decision. I, I I think the writing's on the wall for Jorginho, though. I think he's going to leave at the end of the season. But then, who going buy him? No one's got any money. Well, it doesn't strike me either, Jim, with what you're saying about the five subs rule, that Jorginho is the sort of player that would be happy yeah. to sit on the bench mm. and just come on for cameos in matches. He's He wants to start games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that what you're saying about the amount of players Chelsea have, particularly in midfield, they're flooded with talent now. Yeah. It's so hard to kind of predict who Frank Lampard's going to start for games. And I think that that kind of shows you how much depth they have, but also that it's likely that someone like Jorginho probably will move on. Mm. It's yeah. I think maybe Lampard's very, very keen to put his own style on this team, isn't he? And the, he likes the romance of youth. He does very much so, and, and maybe it's just a sort of coincidence of timing that Chelsea happens to have this really, really good crop of players coming through. But I think Jorginho mm. is is a token of uh, like a symbol of of the former regime, weirdly more so than anyone else, because yeah. I guess Sarri has this close relationship with him. Um, but I think yeah, maybe maybe He's cigarette damaged. Lampard. How has this situation like worked out so well for Chelsea? It seems like they've got these amazing, they've got all these amazing players coming through, and now got loads of money in the bank because of the transfer situation. I am jealous, but I also think that the fact that they have aligned themselves so well with a global pandemic is further proof that they're just inherently evil <laughs> and must be isn't, stopped. Is it not just like the the, the you know the, the the fifteen years or the ten years since um, a lot of money got injected in the club, got injected into the um, scouting system, and got injected to into the uh, developmental system as well? So. All around London, you see um, lads in, in, in Chelsea tracksuits, and, and they can't all be first teamers. <laughs> <laughs> they must all be in the youth setup. As you say, though, they've done incredibly well in Frank Lampard's first season. I think that any Chelsea fan at the start of this season, if you said, Would you take a top four finish? they'd have mm. snapped your hand off for mm, it. And I don't yeah. even think fans of other teams would have expected Chelsea to finish in the top four. And, and I think that result last night albeit it was against Crystal Palace, who haven't really got anything to play for. It was an amazing match, very entertaining. Crystal Palace put absolutely everything into it. They could have got an equaliser right at the end. What a moment that was. <sighs> it was... Uh, did it hit the post? Yeah, yeah hit the post yeah, from Scott like Dan. Oh, yeah. man, that was so gutting because he shipped... He, his body shape was perfect. and he, Oh, man, I was gutted that that didn't go in because yeah. we might have seen another goal after exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, an incredible result for Chelsea. For me, I think it looks as though they should be able to hold on to a place in the top four. And for me, it will be whoever takes that fourth spot now. Mm, I think it's it's more than holding on to it. I think you've got to look at Chelsea and think they're the best of the rest. Mm. Like... I mean, obviously Leicester have fallen away quite a bit and that's that's a conversation for elsewhere. But I think, yeah, I mean, realistically, given the, the absurd quality of Liverpool and Man, Man City, I don't, I don't think Chelsea could have asked for more, really. And no. it's... Um, it, it's worked out weirdly well for them again. Well, you, I mean, the, the Man City picture and, you know, whether they're going to enter European competition next year, that's going to clear up in the next mm. seven days, hopefully. Yeah, we should, no, should have So um, people will know how many points they need to, to, to skew um, Champions League qualification. Newcastle United being one of them, of course. <laughs> it could go right down to the final day of the season, which would be very mm. exciting for those European places. And um, we will talk about Leicester, Arsenal in a bit. Um, but first, the other early, earlier game last night was a big one at the bottom of the table. Watford beating Norwich 2-1. Welbeck with an overhead kick to secure <laughs> yeah. a crucial three points for Watford. That was his first Premier League goal since joining Watford yeah. as well, which is quite something. What a way to get off the mark. And it now means Watford are four points clear of the bottom three. Mm. That's pretty massive, isn't it? Um, that ratio of kind of like how important a goal is and how good a goal is 
Beautiful. Yeah. What a pineapple a, pen. A wonderful sort of yeah, convergence there. Now, I have a theory on how to judge the relegation battle at the moment. Go and on. I think this is something I'm, I'm going to just try and keep an eye on throughout the rest of the season as it goes. So I've got two mates who actually don't know each other, who are, who are uh, passionate Villa fans. And as we've discussed before, Villa are quite underrated as a sort of put upon fan base where sort of like if there's just a sort of sense of like perennial things are going to go wrong around Villa. <laughs> right. And they deserve it. So it seemed, well, you know, hit Villa. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically because I sort of like, I, I watch Villa with it, with, with an eye on my, you know, the, 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 the well-being like. of my yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Totally. It feels like in this relegation wrong, the, in this relegation battle, if something is bad for Villa, that thing will happen. Right. Like, yeah, and okay. Watford getting this win, especially with Norwich going one nil up. I just, I felt that kind of defeatist, kind of feeling sort of that you get around your own team quite often and mm. it's like yeah this is, they'll turn this around and of course they did with a with a Danny Welbeck overhead <laughs> kick are you kidding me are you absolutely kidding me and still and still it it, it, it went wrong for, for a poor old Villa and they've got Man United up next as well so that's that's a shame yeah. for them but I mean obviously that's not to take away from Watford and, and, and digging and their in. overhead kicks and their overhead kicks but what, Watford 67% of Watford goals scored since February have been overhead kicks come on what that's an absolute that Trevor Sinclair's involved that is mental, isn't it? That is amazing. Nearly 70% of their goals have been overhead kicks. <laughs> is that, I mean, I've not been wa- watching Watford that closely. That sounds really good, right? Yeah, but they've not scored many goals. Is that because they, yeah, they're just they trying haven't. to score everything with then, an overhead kick? No, but they then, just haven't scored many goals. Yeah, but then the number is 67, so that's not a round number. So at least there must be a few goals in there yeah. to choose yeah. from. Fantastic. It's unbelievable. Very but enjoyable. There's nothing more that I think fans love to see than an overhead kick, oh. especially when it's a winner. Well, I think with with that whole match, everyone was really, really nervy. And as soon as you saw that goal, you're like, well, good. That's, yeah. That was a part of the match that I really, really enjoyed because yeah. the rest of just people, just, I think a lot of teams that are down the bottom are just feeling each other out and nobody wants to make a mistake and everyone's playing within themselves. Nobody wants to express themselves. And to see that in a football match, yeah. it's like, oh, thank you. Exactly. That's I love I'm it. Watching. Like, because I think one of the things about overhead kicks that we all love that they don't perhaps get enough credit for is like, that's, you've scored a goal upside down. Yeah. You're playing football <laughs> upside down. Like that is, oh, that is confident. Yeah. When the what fun, for the fine if they the, can play upside down? <laughs> it was, it was, it, I, I think for, uh, I, I kind of felt sorry for Tim Crow because I do have a bit of a soft spot for Tim. Mm. But I mean, you can't, you, you, there's no information you could write on the side of a water bottle that uh, <laughs> would tell you how to stop that one. Goodness. Well, how do we feel about Norwich now? Do we, do we feel sorry for them? Because I think it's getting to a point now. I mean, when they went ahead in the game, I thought, mm. ooh, because we know how talented some of their players are, Buendia particularly. And yes. I, I couldn't believe when I heard in the commentary that that was actually his first Premier League goal. Mm. I feel like he's done so much more than that mm. this season. He's created so many... I think he's actually created more chances than any other player in the league this season. Um, but for that to be his first goal, I don't know what that says about, about Norwich or whether that's just kind of a tale of his season. I don't really know, but it's it's interesting that... That was his first goal of the season when I think he's actually been one of their best players. There's a lot of individual stories in Norwich, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Like Pookie at the start of the season, all that stuff. Like Campwell as well, yeah, a great exactly. time. So I think, I think for me, when the final whistle went and uh, Mario um, Francici 
he leathered the ball as hard as he could, and instead of it going into the stand where he was aiming, he just hit a hoarding. And I think no. if that, if that's, I think that sums oh, up no. Norwich's season. Yeah, going yeah. for the moon and uh, falling far short of it. I mean, unfortunately, Luke has obviously spoken a lot about people saying to him that Norwich are actually really good, blah 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 blah. And obviously, you know, they're, they're where they are for a reason, so that's it's not entirely true. But mm. I think the thing with Norwich is whenever I see them, there, there are there are periods where they look good, and those have dropped off as their confidence has ebbed away. But mm. like. They just can't put a. They can't put a game together, let alone a run, and that's it's just never gonna that's be it, enough, isn't it? It's it's the fact that they can't do it for ninety minutes, and, yeah. and even really for a full half. I was at the the Norwich Brighton game on Saturday, working, which was my first experience of football behind closed doors, which was strange, but actually. Again, what I've said since the beginning of this is you quite quickly get used to it. Yeah. Um, so even though it was strange and we had to all sit sort of 10 seats apart um, and you have to wear your mask at all times in the stadium and obviously there's there's not a lot of atmosphere at all, but you do hear a lot of like shouting from the players, mm. the managers, stuff that you wouldn't normally get to hear. So I yeah. found it actually quite a fascinating experience. And I had a headset on, so I was listening to the commentary and I would take the headset off every now and then just to hear what was happening in the stadium as right. well. So I had a little bit of both and I had a bit of the crowd noise from the commentary and obviously the commentators. And then when I'd take it off, I could hear the real sounds. And I feel like with that game, it was a typical Norwich performance. You know, mm. they they started pretty well. Mm. Um, they had spells in the game where they, they could have scored, maybe should have scored, particularly late on when they hit the post against Brighton. But I just feel like they make too many mistakes. And then when you're playing in the Premier League, the teams are too good not yeah. to make the most I'd, of those I'd, mistakes. I'd, I'd, I think it probably sends the wrong message, I think, championship teams that, 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 that come up, don't try and play football. Don't try and be expressive. Don't. It, that's the thing that saddens me about Norwich's demise because they did come up and they did play some nice stuff. Yeah. At the start I of the mean, it, that has worked for teams before as well. Mm. You know, coming up and just, you know, like Bournemouth were a good example of that. I mean, Leicester, when they just stayed up before making it, mm. we, we, quite often it's the case that the team that wins the championship does it by being really swashbuckling and really, really sort of just really forward thinking and good. Mm. But obviously the difference in, in the Premier League is is so massive that you might have to change a game plan entirely. Yeah. So I hope that that doesn't act as like a sort of cautionary tale too mm. much. We want teams coming up trying to play yeah, like good absolutely. stuff, right? Absolutely. Jules, who, who does the commentary when you're uh, kind of, is it is it just the the, the, um, the the people who are broadcasting it or is there like yes. an in-house, oh, yeah, okay, so, so you get the broadcast? Yeah, because I, I was working for BT, so I had BT's commentary. So right. I had Ian Dark and Jermaine Genus who were there at the stadium. So you can they look were, over and you can see yeah, them, you can doing, see the them doing the commentary. Yeah, you can see them doing the commentary and it's in my ear at the same time. <laughs> can you weird. try and like get yourself on? Oh! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what's going on, mate? <laughs> I probably could have tried. Uh, actually, funny enough, when Brighton scored, I had to do that really awkward thing of like not celebrate when your team <laughs> scores. So I sat there and I kind of went like, yeah, like in my seat. It sort of like gave it a little fist pump in my seat. Um, the Brighton players didn't hold back when the no. final whistle went. It was it was unbelievable. But anyway, enough about Brighton, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about because they're playing Liverpool tonight. Um, but for Norwich, it does mean that they will officially be relegated if they lose to West Ham on Saturday. And I, I do mm. really feel for them. I feel like the writing's on the wall, but after working there at the weekend, they're such a lovely club and Daniel Farker takes defeat really well and was such a nice man to interview, oh. even though they lost. Did you hear him giving instructions during the game? Yeah, a little bit. So what's the voice like when it's a bit louder? The same. Really? <laughs> exactly the same. Todd, Todd, push up, gently, push up. Is gently, it like that? Exactly. Oh, same. I love it. Exactly the same. He he also um he complimented my blue dress just before the interview. <laughs> yes. um, and I didn't have the heart to tell him that it was actually a jumpsuit. 
Get your get <laughs> your garms right. Get your garms right. Well, it's that sort of you know it's a romper. Lack of attention to detail that's got <laughs> it's a nice sort of romper. Trouble, isn't <laughs> but it? But no, he is a, a lovely man. Um, so speaking of garms, actually, um, did anyone see <laughs> Nigel Pearson last night in his post-match interview? Gillian Best. Yeah, he was wearing short-sleeve t-shirt with a gilet. It's Surely amazing. that yeah. defeats the purpose of the gilet because the gilet is there to keep you warm. But he's like, my arms, they don't get cold. Was the yeah. gilet open? Yes. Yeah, it's just yeah, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? It's, it's a proper like busy dad day look. That isn't it? It's <laughs> like, I'm going to go down the garden centre. Yeah, um, I'm going to I'm going to have a couple of pints with my brother-in-law. Maybe it's a uh, man break up a party yeah. later on. <laughs> yeah. uh, can I just make the point that um, obviously you, you said already, Jules, that um, uh, Norwich will be relegated if they if they lose to West Ham. Uh, West Ham winning would be terrible for Villa, so West Ham are going to win. That's what's going to happen. That's Keep the theory. Prediction Thanks right for now. that. Um, all right, we're going to be talking about Arsenal Leicester next and an insane game from Italy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. You're listening to the Football Ramble with me, Jules, Pete and Jim are here as well. And in a minute, we'll talk about Arsenal-Leicester drawing one all last night and AC Milan beating Juventus 4-2. But before that, um, Jim, you mentioned this a minute ago about the five subs rule. This is a report that we read in The Athletic. Um, apparently, IFAB might continue with these five subs going into next season. Do we like that idea? Yeah, I think the idea is um, because obviously there's going to be a, a, a shorter um, pre-season, isn't mm. there? And some, and some leagues are on different schedules, so it's, it's all to do with that. But um, 
I, I don't love it, you know, because it, it, do, it, it has changed things, isn't it? It's given... It, 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 it's, of course it is an advantage for the teams with the deeper squads. And I understand that IFAB have to treat everything as if it's a level playing field and they can't make exceptions for, for stuff like that. Um, but it is... It's going to make next season quite different. Like a whole season where the concept of substitutes is expanded. Mm. That does give you a, a big sort of advantage in terms of your sort of tactical flexibility. I'm sure they'll keep the periods. But... Like I, call it, I call my substitute bench now a cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of I could pick from anything. Yeah. I mean, Juz, may I first say that your um, blue dress is looking IFAB today. <laughs> and, uh, but no, um, I would very much like uh, to see uh, um, teams be allowed to bring in lawn players on the pitch. Like, extend it to not only the substitute <laughs> bench, but Chelsea could bring in all of their 100 lawnees <laughs> just to like play whenever they fancy. Literally parachute in. Them in. Yeah, chopper them in. I think that, that would be, be cool. nice and fair. I imagine coming off the bench from the sky. <laughs> I'm sure Keggy's done it. I'm sure Keggy's done it. This is the sort of stuff that IFAD don't talk about. No. This is why I find them a bit square for they'll my be, taste. No, frankly. there'll be one person in the room talking about possible helicopter substitutions, but, you know, there'll be everybody else saying, Peter, shut up. Let's move on. <laughs> we can't be saying this out out in public. Yeah. So I, I I mean, as we've already touched on, I expect they will keep the the three win three windows of substitutions. So it's like really you can't break it up too much. I don't really understand why they are going to carry on with it because surely the whole point of that was to protect the players mm. in this kind of intense period of football mm. where the games are so close together and. They've not had proper pre-season yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas for next season, when you know the players will hopefully have a bit of a break between this one ending and the new season beginning and the games will be more spread out, they're obviously probably going to change around when the European competitions are, when the League Cup is, if if it is, um, if that comes back. Mm. You know, there's all these sort of things that might change for next season. I don't really understand why they would need to keep the five subs, even though actually as a football fan, I think that, in this period, it's been a good thing to have because if anything protects the players, then then I'm all for that, mm. absolutely. Um, and I think that it's up to the managers to kind of make the most of it because I think a lot of people assume that having five subs is only going to benefit the teams who have the more quality in their squad. So, of course, it's going to benefit the, the, the teams that are in the sort of top eight, top ten. But if you look at the teams who have made the most substitutions, Brighton are actually one of the top three. So <laughs> I think it's Brighton, Man United and Liverpool have used the five subs every time, I think, yeah. or, or certainly leading the kind of uh, numbers on that. And I think that's down to the manager, isn't it? And down to being flexible. Graham Potter is a manager who, from the start of this season, we've seen be completely flexible, even during matches. Mm. He might start with one formation and change it two times mm. during a game. So for him, having the ability to to bring on five different players actually works to to his benefit, which is why we've probably seen Brighton make so many substitutions. And I think that maybe it's a learning curve for other managers that actually Brighton don't have the best depth. We don't have extremely high quality on the bench. Yes, we've got a few decent players that can come on, but we've managed to make that work to our advantage, having the five subs. Absolutely. I mean, that's the playing field that managers will be looking at, won't it? It's like, you know, uh, it, it is another... Rather than decry it, you've got to get on with it, I and mean, you've got to find find ways to use that to your advantage. I mean, do you imagine in the past, like a Sam Allardyce team, 
like every five minutes they bring on another defender. <laughs> like it was, that would be an absolute nightmare. But that would be that would be an example of how actually you can level it up. You can use it to your advantage, and it's yeah. you know that advantage isn't going to be the same as, as a Chelsea or a Liverpool or whatever. But you know it is still there to 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 have the best made of it. Like Steve Bruce. Every ten minutes, another long stuff. Like, <laughs> how many of these boys are there? there? And this sausage machine, <laughs> these, these ginger sausages come out. They're very, very enjoyable. Yeah, I'll just omit. I, I, I think is it is it to do with the fact that they're obviously tightening up how many lawn players you can have out on lawn? It's going to be very, very um, stringent. But then you've got feeder clubs, which kind of kind of sees that that rule off anyway, um, and, and 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 partner clubs. But is it just kind of like being cognizant of the fact that squads are probably artificially going to get a little bit bigger? from next mm. season because they are going to be make those, making those restrictions on uh, loan uh, loanees um, and so there, there is a kind of like um, situation where you are going to need to um, bed in and, and, and blood uh, certainly younger players it can only be a positive step but does it take a little bit of the tactical nous out of the game I think it probably does certainly you know shifts it somewhere different um, well, I coming... hope it doesn't become permanent after yeah, that I'm not, well, yeah, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like you know it's a bit Sven England kind of you know getting a getting a half time and you're coursing four 0 and you just change the entire team. Right? Yeah. Just, it, it it might get that situation where the bigger teams absolutely put teams to the sword. They change their entire uh, team, and the team that comes on, they've got something to prove. Oh my God, there's more goals. Mm. So you yeah. may see, you may see absolute shellackings, or you may see players coming on who aren't ready to 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 to, to step up a level. So it's a, it, it's going to be exciting. I'm not sure it improves the game fundamentally. Mm. Though. Yeah, it's a bit more like American sport. <clears throat> we, it's a bit Scott, just, Scotty yeah. Pippen's injured. Get him, get him, get an ice bath in on him, yeah. and then he comes back on for a bit, <laughs> yeah. and then off, and then on. I mean, that said though, maybe that's a sort of Anglo-centric way of looking at things. Maybe in three seasons, actually, it will be good. The game will be better for it. Who knows? So, mm. I guess you know we're going to have a full season of it to, to figure out potentially. But it's a lot of change though isn't yeah, it? it VAR is. coming in five subs well, there's a lot of a lot of change I've have also spoken about tweaking the offside rule I don't know exactly oh, how they're going to do it but they are trying to fix this thing of like oh, an dear. armpit being offside or whatever because it's you know everyone hates it whatever you think of yeah. VAR even mm. if, it, if there are any if there's anybody left that likes it um, that is is stupid and needs to be fixed so it's good that they're looking at that as well and yeah. like making quick you know, decisions in, in the new technological action, age. I think all rules need to be looked at in every mm. situation, and, and and how VAR is obviously administered, being at the top of a very very long list. So mm. next season's going to be very interesting. I think starting the next season is going to be very interesting and, and, and hopefully there'll be a vaccine in place so we don't have to worry about uh, this sort of thing for next season. Yeah, well, talking about VAR, Jim, that brings us on nicely to Arsenal-Leicester <laughs> where mm. there are a few moments. Um, it ended up a one-all draw, Arsenal down to 10 men, Nketiah sent off. Um, let's start with the Nketiah moment before we get on to VAR with the potential offside for Vardy's goal and everything else that happened in the game. Um do you think Enketio was a bit should feel a bit hard done by, or was it a red for you? Are you quite happy as an Arsenal fan? I think yeah, it's just it's some. I mean, off... Arsenal fans are never happy. That's no, true. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, boo boys. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I, I I wasn't surprised to see him go. It is one of those ones where I mean, obviously they took a long time, so there was a little bit of um, bit of uncertainty. But it was it was pie, wasn't it? It was yeah. it was. <laughs> He certainly could have caused quite serious injury, and it was a um, dangerous play, effectively, wasn't well, it? Well, so. Leicester were in the ascendancy, and Arteta mm. brought him on to do exactly that job—to disrupt, to, to 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 work hard. I wouldn't and... say he brought him on to do exactly that. <laughs> no, not exactly that. But it was—it was very rainy. The conditions, you know, I could see—I could see that in another pre-VAR uh, game uh, being very much a yellow, but. 
It's, it, I, yeah, I, well, I, it, I really felt sorry for him. Yeah. It was Abe Simpson, Bordello, dot gif. Yeah, I, <laughs> in and out. I did feel bad for He spent longer on the pitch waiting for the red card decision than he did actually, <laughs> did he? actually he really play did. football. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And that, that kind of is part of Enketia's game. He's a very, he buzzes around and yeah. gets in, in players' faces and it's unfortunate that it's just... Uh, I, the, I the, think the, our, our tech rule, like, arm run, so yeah. look, you may, have, you may have literally lost some points there, but um, but uh, he, he was brought on for, to do that job. I don't I thought he um I did very much feel sorry for him but it, it'll be fine it is a very very unwelcome stumbling block I have to say because <laughs> Arsenal have been in good form and mm. it's they've, they've been in good sort of consistent kind of solidly disciplined mm. form so to that's a game that I think they should have put to bed I think they were certainly they were good for a for a two goal lead I think at that point but didn't take the chances it's mm. a shame Lacazette was was offside when he was because yeah, he, he could he great, could have yeah. been onside it was one of those mm. ones um if he'd just you know if his positioning had been a bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, every point is so crucial. Arsenal's f- f- hopes of finishing fifth are really are quite slim, I would think, especially now. Mm. So they're, they're, you know, they're realistically looking at getting the maximum of, of, out of everything. And this was an opportunity. And you know, like, you know, not just with Jamie Vardy, but with, you know, with, with Leicester and especially after they, 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 you know, they picked up against Palace. Even 15, 20 minutes against them with 10 men, you know they're just going to keep coming at you. You know that's probably what's going to happen. And it is frustrating, but I think if you look at the wider context of the season, I think probably nine times out of 10 in that situation, they would have scored. And, you know, worse Arsenal teams, or in fact, better Arsenal teams than this in some cases, would have lost that game as well. They would have gone on to actually find a way to lose it altogether. So I'm trying to be sort of philosophical (laughs) about it. But But it's a draw and it's boring. But are you not in a situation where like you've got players who are kind of thinking about possibly leaving the club? I mean, it's that lack of closing out that game. Uh, Obviously, in in a hands in in, in many ways uh, in that match. But like, he's going to look at going to look at that and go. I just I want to play football. I want to win stuff. I want to yeah. I want to play Champions League football. You know, and they'll 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 get an almighty fee for him. They'll bring in um how many they're going Musa Dembele. I think I think they're very um keen on now. Leon are out, out of Europe. Is it like seventy million they're talking about? I I would be. I don't know if we'd get a player like Dembele who'll be in demand elsewhere. But it's just, but it, it just makes me sort of think that it's just, it's just the same thing over and over again. Get a big, uh, a big ticket um, French forward player in, <laughs> or French base forward player, uh, and the cycle just begins again. Mm. With Arteta, Jim, obviously being an Arsenal fan, I feel like we're still all kind of getting to know him as a manager, um, and I feel like last night we saw what type of angry Arteta mm. we're going to get. And he's one of those that gives you one word answers. Quiet he's fury. Angry. Yeah. 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 It's like that kind of quiet <laughs> anger that, that you see just burning through his eyes. Yeah. Like he's annoyed at the, the interviewer for asking a question they obviously know the yeah. answer to. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, well he was, um, he was very angry, particularly about Jamie Vardy smashing Mustafi in the face. Yes. With studs and not, getting a red card for that. Yeah. When, when you word it like that, it does. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you use such a motive language like smash. <laughs> it was more of a raking, I would say. Raking oh, over the face. It, it, I mean, I think everything looks worse in slow-mo, doesn't it? Let, yeah. let's, let's point that out. Um, it was a difficult one because they didn't look at it at the time yeah. and I don't really know why. The camera it, angle that I saw first didn't have Vardy's head in it. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, you know, these things happen. You see Vardy look at him and rick his studs over his yeah. face. Sorry, that's a red for me. That's do you think a... it was intentional? Then? Yeah, I think it was. Do well, you? do you think? Or, or certainly just a, a kind of like, 
if I get something on him, it's a bonus. Mm. Otherwise, I've got plausible deniability if I swing my leg. Well, at the plausible head. deniability is is an absolute facet of um, not clear and obvious, isn't it? Yes. And if there's anybody yes. who can shit house within the rules like that, <laughs> we know that it is Sir Jamie Vardy. Um, so yeah, he's just uh, he's just Vardied him, isn't he? He's yeah. just, Vardy's going to Vardy. What can you do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. Okay, would would you not see? Could you not have retrospective action on that one? Possibly, but he'll find a way, wouldn't he? <laughs> find a way of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was written in the stars that he was then going to go on and, and score mm. an equaliser, and that's exactly what he did. But even for that goal, VAR it's took forever. Mm. And again, it was one of those situations where it was like, who are you looking at that's offside? Perez or Vardy? Yeah. Yeah. What's but the situation be, to here? To be right? fair, I did watch that Perez kind of um, possible brush. Um, about a million times, and I, and I was in ten minds whether he actually touched it on it. And then I think, of course, then, he, of course, he didn't touch it. But then, even if he did, does it is, really it, is it blocking the keeper? Yeah, was, like, yeah, exactly. That was just. Uh. It was an annoying moment, and I imagine as an Arsenal fan, Jim, watching that, you must have been like, I mean, this is definitely not going to be given as offside. <laughs> Completely, yeah. yeah. Like, this is, somehow this is bad for Villa, and this is, <laughs> this is, this is not going to be given as offside. There's water in the VAR. <laughs> uh, there we go. Those are last night's Premier League games. Uh, there was an, uh, a game that caught our eye in Europe, though, in Italy. This was mental. AC Milan <laughs> 4, Juventus 2, and Juventus were 2-0 up. What on earth happened? I mean, I mean, everyone's talking about them. Um, I think they're playing uh, Atalanta uh, next, and, and obviously they, they could probably uh, seal it with that particular match. Atalanta have got a lot of goals in them, more goals than anyone else in Serie A. I would be worried about uh, my defensive uh, display. But, I mean, I would have taken that match back in, what was it, 2003, when they played mm. Man- in Manchester in the final? Like, it was hmm. an insane game of football. You got Sandro at three two down, chasing. He decides to cross the ball across his own box. Like he's twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. He's not a rookie. He's not he's not like twenty one or something. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. I just love like I love that Zlatan is still doing it for a club like Milan. Like he can't run now. Like he was never the fastest, <laughs> but he's like I see him as almost like this mystical sort of ninja tree mm. that's kind of come to life. It's like yeah. he's not a real human, is it? No, it is. It's like he's 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 one of those sort of superhuman bracket athletes, like like Messi and Ronaldo. Like obviously he's slightly different, but who they just seem to operate on a different level. But he's still, you know, obviously it's two penalties in in about three days, isn't it? Because they 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 beat Lazio three 0 at the weekend mm. as well. Just just love it. Just like if we can't be like the Milan of old. We can spoil it for everyone else. (laughs) It was a proper football match, wasn't it? Um, Now there's three, no, four more games tonight. Oh God, there's so much football, isn't there? Um, Sheffield United taking on Wolves, West Ham, Burnley and Manchester City against Pete's Newcastle. They're the six o'clock kickoffs. What do you think the score's going to be, Pete? Um, I think it's going to be scant revenge for uh, getting dumped out of the FA Cup but I think it's going to be 3-0 to Newcastle United yeah <laughs> I'd love or that or possibly not that. and uh, similarly Brighton take on Liverpool I also think it's going to be 4-0 <laughs> to Brighton yay, yay. no just... we've, we've never beaten Liverpool in the Premier League so uh, I don't see that changing no I think Liverpool uh, need to Buck up their ideas after a couple of uh, poor performances and I think you're going to be put to the sword. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm not here tomorrow to talk about it. Um, one final thing we, before we go, which is just amazing. Uh, we all love Neil Warnock. Yeah. He's been spotted around the borough riding his bicycle mm. in full kit. Middlesbrough look nice. 
I mean, is Why it definitely surprised? More, well, it looked more like Yarm than Middlesbrough. It looked like <laughs> probably somewhere, was. Ple, somewhere a little bit more pleasant, which I imagine. So I imagine he probably lives in quite a nice house near there or, or maybe commutes. I don't know. But uh, he probably doesn't commute on his bike in full Middlesbrough kit, was it? Yeah, full kit. I just I just saw it, um, I just saw he was just wearing uh, uh, some amazing. Uh, he had the full helmet, the spectacles. He had uh, the sunglasses on. All Middlesbrough branded. <laughs> Middlesbrough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine he had a Middlesbrough helmet. <laughs> Give me everything you got in, in team shop. It was cute though. Whoever was filming it um, tweeted it, and as they overtook him, they were all right, Neil, and he gave it. Hi, lads. Oh, <laughs> all right, well, all right, he, he gets it, doesn't he? You know, he, he. I think Warnock knows that he's clearly like trying to ingratiate himself into the town. You know, the fact. I mean, what, by going on a bike. That's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's it. what he's doing. He's Popping doing a little a sort of Warnock PR tour. <laughs> what if he? What if he does a skid and kills a kid? Hurts his knackers on a but but dustbin lid. Uh, like well, Jesus Christ, like superstar. Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah, I, th- I feel it's unlikely. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, great to see Neil Warnock getting out and about, keeping himself fit. Yeah, I mean, don't shout at people from cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially when old. Imagine if you killed Neil Warnock. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to get a viral video. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> That's all from us, Pete, Jim. Thanks for your company. We'll be back with another ramble tomorrow. Kate, uh, Luke, and you're back again, Jim. I am. Yeah. <gasps> nice. Very biblical. Busy mm. boy. If there's a Kate in the Bible, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Hanging around. My voice has survived. I'm amazed. Uh, right. See you again soon, guys. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.